When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, and welcome to Happier, a show about how to be happier. This week is episode 190, which means that it's a very special episode. And this episode, we will focus on the body. As part of that discussion, we'll talk to author Jake Knapp about his new book, Make Time. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, you are not with me in body, alas, but I do get to talk to your disembodied voice. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, I'm glad we are making time to be together today. Yes, that's right. Now, this very special episode is dedicated to the body because... Happiness can feel like a very transcendent, abstract concern, Mm -hmm. but in the end, we experience the world through our bodies. Our bodies color everything that we do. Happiness is mental and emotional, but it's also tied to our physical experiences, and today we're going to focus on the body part. Yes. So we'll start with the Try This at Home related to the body, and it is, quite simply, just think about your body. Um, you know, your physical experience always colors your emotional experience. But Elizabeth, I don't know about you, but it's easy to kind of shunt your body aside 
and to not think about what it needs or how you could treat your body better. Because people are animals, that's true. Mm -hmm. People are more than animals, that's also true. And so the body is a way to focus on kind of the more animal, physical part of our experience. Yes. And I have to say, Gretch, for me, like the more stressed I am, the less I think about my body, which is probably the opposite of what I should be doing. <sighs> See, that's which so... I want to ask Jake about because I know he talks about that in his book. That's like a very good thing, I think, to know about yourself, that that's the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. So whether you're in a super stressed environment or situation and you're trying to think about your body or you're just generally trying to think about your body. I think one thing that people often overlook that I often overlook and I'm trying to be much better about is just working on the comfort of our body. Mm. Because what I find is that even minor nagging pain, not big pain, but little pain, it drains me. It makes me impatient. Mm. It makes everything feel difficult. It makes me curt and unpleasant. And a lot of times if I take the time and identify the problem and think like, okay, am I experiencing some kind of minor ache and pain, minor discomfort, and is there a way to do something about that problem? A lot of times I find that there is something I can do, and it dramatically improves my relationship with my own body. Yeah, just like even adjusting your desk chair yeah. can totally eliminate pain and discomfort, and it might take a 30 seconds, but you sort of just doesn't even cross your mind. Yeah. When I read about a great test for whether there's too much light in your face, which is something that can happen now with like computers and lamps and windows and everything, is what you do is you make a salute, you know, like hold your hand to your mm. forehead like a salute. And if you feel relief, like if you feel like, ah, oh, that feels like good, then you need to figure out a way to have less light in your face. And mm. I find that really, really helps. Yeah. I mean, remember to put on your sunglasses when yes. you go outside. Yes. Yeah, it's easy to be like, oh, who wants to deal with it? But then it makes a big difference to your comfort. Um, and speaking of sort of sunlight issue, like I have a lot of issues related to being hot and cold, especially cold. Mm. I'm one of these people who's cold all the time. And it was a revelation to me when I got a space heater for my office because mm. I have this little kind of weird office. And I used to just be like, well, if it's cold, it's cold. It's cold. And then I was like, I can get a space heater. And it's such a tiny space that it really heats up quite quickly. And now, because my hands are always so cold, I think I might have Raynaud's syndrome, but I'm not sure. Um, I have fingertipless gloves, which I wear through mm. the winter, and it dramatically improves my physical comfort because having cold hands, if anybody has cold hands, it's like a unique kind of discomfort. And it also interfered with my typing. Yes. So I love my fingertipless gloves. And then, Gretch, there's just taking more pleasure in your body. It's yep. not just about eliminating pain. It's also about enjoying your body. Absolutely. Now, my favorite thing in this regard, of course, is enjoying good smells. And mm, yes. I love perfume, but many people don't enjoy perfume. But there's so many beautiful smells just in the world. You can smell... You know, the pavement after a rain, that's a beautiful smell, or the smell of a grapefruit, or the smell of cinnamon. You know, or like, I remember one time Eliza and I were walking into Bloomingdale's, and she's like, oh, I love that department store smell. And now mm. every time, I never noticed it, but there's such a department store smell. Just yes. enjoy, tapping into that, it really dramatically increases my enjoyment of my day. And I'm not, it doesn't take any time or energy or money. I don't have to bookmark anything yeah. or pay for anything. It doesn't have any calories. It's just like this beautiful little experience. It comes, it goes, it's wonderful. And then there's also, Gretch, savoring what you eat and drink. Oh, yeah. My first cup of coffee in the morning is probably my favorite thing of the day. <laughs> I just love my first cup of coffee. 
And I will say almost every day I take pleasure in those first few sips. That gets me out of bed. But see, I'm so I'm I want to change and be more like you because I feel like I just bolted down. Like I mm. get a cup of coffee, I sit down and start doing my emails. I feel like I don't even register it. Like I'd be frantic if I didn't have it. But I feel like I don't enjoy it as an experience. So I should do. Do you like actually sit down and kind of think, ah, here's my first cup of coffee. It's like a ritual or how yes. do you do it? I get up like. 30 minutes before Jack and Adam and I go out so I can have my cup of coffee and watch CNN and I do that every morning because I just need that to start the day. Okay, I'm going to make more of an effort to really savor that coffee. I'm not good about savoring food either. Um, one thing I like to do, and Elizabeth, I know you have trouble sometimes getting yourself to go to bed. Mm, yes. One of the things I do that I think increases my enjoyment of my body, but also maybe makes it easier to go to bed, is I really feel the moment when I lie down. And in fact, mm. Jamie and Eleanor were making fun of me because I guess I make this noise that I didn't know I made when I go, ah, ha, 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 ha. And I do that every oh, night. Really? So I'm like, oh, I feel so good to get in bed. And finally they were like, "That's funny. why do you do that? But it's because I feel it so intensely. Like, So maybe that's a way to also make it easier to go to bed is just think like, oh, it feels so good to stretch out in the cool sheets. And it feels so good to lay your head against the pillow. And it's just, to me, that's just like a delicious moment is that first lying down in bed. All right. I'm going to try enjoying stretching out in bed. Well, there are these luxurious moments in life, but if you don't stop and notice them, like Central Park, I can just walk through Central Park in the morning and not notice a thing. Or I can walk through and be like, oh my gosh, Central Park is just full of one gorgeous view after the other, constantly changing with the seasons and the weather and really notice it and really experience that pleasure. Or I can just be in a haze and experience nothing, and I might as well have been on a treadmill in a basement, you know? So you mm -hmm, have to take yeah. that pleasure. Yeah. Gretch, one thing I try to do regarding my body is to get a pedicure every two Ooh. weeks. Even when I'm crazy at work, no matter what's going on, I really try to keep on top of my pedicures because having nice-looking toes, having that dead skin taken off – it just makes me feel more in control. So it's not that it's a pleasure, so you do it like, oh, this feels so great. It's more about feeling in control. Yeah, I don't even love getting pedicures. Some people do. I don't because my feet are really ticklish. Oh, so mine are it's too. It's <laughs> like a torture. Yeah. Although I do um, often get like a shoulder massage along with it, which I do enjoy immensely. But I, it just, I know that I'll feel so much better when I walk out with my fresh feet. Mm -hmm. Like some people need to have a clean car that makes yeah. them feel in control. Yeah. Having my toes done and my fingernails, I just get my fingernails buffed so that I don't have to worry about chipping nail polish. Yeah. But having the cuticles taken care of and keeping them short and all that, it just makes me feel more in control. When I looked out at my hands and they're like all raggedy, then I feel like, oh, my God, like uh, chaos. When I was writing Better Than Before, my book all about habit change, one of the things that kept coming up over and over again is that when people feel out of control of their habits related to their body, it's a bad feeling. Like if you feel like mm -hmm. I keep saying I'm going to eat healthy and then I eat junk food or I'm going to keep saying I'm going to get enough sleep, but I keep staying awake. I keep saying that I'm going to, you know, exercise. But then like day after day after day, I let myself off the hook and find excuses. You feel out of control of your own body. And that's a bad feeling. You want to feel control. So I think even if this is something that makes you feel more in control of your body, 
that could really boost your happiness, as you say that it does, because it makes you feel like, okay, I, there's a lot I can't control in my life. I can control the state of my toes. <laughs> yes. And another thing body-related, at work, Sarah and Marcia and I all um, – you know, we're working on the fix, but we yeah. try every day to loop around the studio lot, which I've talked about. Yeah, what is that for people that don't remember what it is to loop? We go outside of our office, which is on the Disney lot, and we walk around the whole lot. And it's a nice little walk, yeah. maybe 15 minutes, maybe even 20 minutes. You and I did it um, when I was there last time. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a really real walk. Nice. It's real, and yeah. it's fun. There's like a lot of mickey related stuff <laughs> along yes. the way and little kind of cool things to look at yeah so we do that during the day but there have been many days when we reach like we're ready to go home and we say oh my god we didn't even loop today and that's how we know it's been a really crazy chaotic mm. day mm -hmm. and we do find that if we say okay let us just take a loop it clears our minds it gets us ready for the next task mm -hmm. it makes us feel like we've done something good for ourselves it makes a huge difference that's a great idea you know, I don't eat sugar. And one of the reasons mm. that I love not eating sugar is it does make me feel more in control because I do still have a tremendous sweet tooth. I love sweets. And then it would always get me into this thing like, can I have one? Can I have two? Can I have three? It's tomorrow. It's today. How big? Does this count? Like it made me feel very caught in that loop of like, can I, can't I? And now, because I just don't ever have it, and I am an abstainer, I know this would not work for everybody. That's, this is a strategy of staining that works for some people but not others. It just makes me feel totally in control because I'm like, oh, I go into a store where they have giant bowls of free mini chocolates. I don't have them because I don't eat sugar. It just it makes me feel in control in a way that I like. Not everybody would want to feel that way, but it really, really works for me. That's a hard one because when you say take pleasure, yeah, you know, eating nachos gives me incredible pleasure. So, but, but see, for me, like not eating a brownie gives me so much more pleasure than eating a brownie ever would. Mm -hmm. But I recognize that's not true for everyone, but it's definitely true for me. Because it just, I would just rather not get into that zone. But not everybody feels that way. Well, it goes to think about your body. Think about what will ultimately give yes. your body more yes. pleasure. Yes. Maybe that's what I should think about. Ultimately, yes. I'll have more pleasure from not eating nachos, even though admittedly, they're very pleasurable. Yeah, that's a tough one. So I think, you know, you think about your body and I think you really do have to say what's true for me because what is true for you and what brings you pleasure or what causes you pain or what gives you energy might be very different from someone else. Like you might be a morning person, someone else is a night person. Like all of us have to think like, well, what's true for me? What's in my circumstance? What's in my environment? What makes me feel good or bad? And knowing that, what can I do to shine a spotlight on my body and uh, think about how I could boost my happiness? through my body. Yeah, and wherever you go, it's always with you. There's no getting rid of it. So <laughs> might as well think about it and be nice to it. Yes, yes. So let us know if you do try this at home and how thinking about your body works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or go to happiercast.com slash 190 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a body-related happiness hack, but first this break. 
LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, his retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And, Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com happier. That's StoryWorth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. So, Elizabeth, this happiness hack has to do with the body and hearing. It's a hack for managing discomfort and annoyance that comes to us through our ears. And this comes from Anna Louise. She says, I am and always have been overly sensitive to noise and can get very irritated by noise that others don't even notice. It can be a big happiness stumbling block for me. It sometimes interferes with my sleep and can really impact my concentration. I need complete silence to concentrate on activities such as reading or studying. And when I was in university, a few hapless, chatty people in the library fell victim to my death stare. <laughs> I love music, but cannot use this to drown out other noise when studying or reading as I find it too distracting. Earplugs are somewhat effective, but I've stumbled upon something so much better. White noise. Lots of my friends use YouTube recordings of white noise to get their babies to sleep, and I've started using these recordings to block out noise when studying in the library with excellent success. I just plug in my earphones, turn the white noise on, and my focus becomes razor sharp. That's great. So this is interesting, actually actively listening to white noise. So listen, I tried this. I wanted to listen to white noise, and I found an app called Relax Melodies. I don't even remember mm. why I found that particular app. Um, and it has lots of kind of sleep sounds like rain, waterfall, waves, highway, um, so, for instance, here's a clip of highway sounds from Relax Melodies. And here's the sound of rain as white noise.
Gretch, I love both those sounds. Yes. And it's amazing to think, oh, right, I don't have to wait for rain. I can just hear it <laughs> in my earbuds. It seems so magical. Yeah, and if there is something, like if you're in a room where there's like distracting noise or there's intermittent sounds. or Remember when we had the listener who said that she played white noise because her dog would bark, but if she played white noise, he didn't react to sounds? Yes. It's good to know about how to harness white noise if you are having trouble concentrating or if you're distracted by noise. And it's funny, Gretchen, it reminds me, you always say, you know, what we do for toddlers, we should do for yes. ourselves. Yes. And this follows that same principle. She noticed people were doing this for their babies yeah. and thought, hey, this could be good for me. Exactly. Yeah. Treat yourself like a toddler. Get some white noise. And now for an interview. Joining me today in the studio in downtown Brooklyn is Jake Knapp. Jake spent 10 years at Google and Google Ventures, where he created the Sprint Design Process, the subject of his last book, a bestseller called Sprint. And he has run more than 150 sprints with lots of big companies. And around the time that book came out, Elizabeth and I talked to him on stage for our live event, which is episode 49. If you want to go back and listen to Jake talk about sprints. Now, along with his co-writer, John Zaraski, he's written Make Time, How to Focus on What Matters Every Day. The book outlines a simple four-step system for improving focus, finding greater joy in your work, and getting more out of every day. Welcome, Jake. Hi, Jake. Thank you so much for having me on. We can't always talk to people in person, but it's especially fun to have you here in the studio with me. So thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jake, there are so many great ideas in this book. We could talk to you for hours. But given the theme for this very special episode, let's focus on your section, Energize, where you write about the body and how shaping our physical experience can help us find focus. Yeah. It's really important, and I think that the idea of building energy, the idea of taking care of our bodies and our minds, is something that we're sort of demanded to do all the time in life. There's a lot of messages about things we ought to do, and I think what we're trying to do in Make Time is talk about the advantages of taking care of your body for something that you can be rewarded for that very day. So a highlight, mm -hmm. something that you want to look forward to. So that you get the reward within, you know, 8 to 12 hours of kind of setting out rather than a distant someday thing. Mm, like what versus what? Well, for example, today my highlight is being on this podcast. I know this is something that when I look back on the day, unless I totally screw it up, I'll say that was the <laughs> highlight of my day. Right? That was totally fun. And so... When I make a decision this morning to, like, when I wake up, I woke up, I'm on West Coast time, but I'm oh, here yeah. in, in Brooklyn. That's I woke rough. up. Yeah, I woke up and I was like, oh man, it would be really nice to sleep in. But I also knew that if I got outside and got some fresh air and, you know, went for a, a short run, I'd feel a lot better. I'd have more energy when I was on right. the, the show with you all. So that was the motivation rather than I want to be healthy, which is kind of an abstract thing. Oh, right. So, um, so as a questioner, I kind of like to have Ooh, this, yeah. this different sort of a framing on my incentive for exercising or for choosing when I have caffeine and trying to not overdo sugar and all these things. And so in make time, when we talk about energize, we're always talking about building energy for what you're going to do today mm. that's a highlight because that's more motivating mm, right it's like what's your purpose right now not like you've got some like overarching distant like i want to have better blood pressure yeah. or something like that that's yeah. not interesting and what do you think are some of the important steps that people can take to give themselves that energy that then does allow them to focus and set their priorities and stick to their aims 
One of the things that we talk about a bit in the book is this idea that our human bodies are out of sync with the modern world. So we were evolved to, you know, spend time face to face with people, to be in motion most of the day, walking around, hunting and gathering. And the modern world with all of our screens and all of our vehicles is just not suited for that kind of a day. So the good news is that there are a lot of things that kind of rob us of energy throughout the day. And we're sitting a lot of the time, we're always on our headphones or always looking at a screen. And that's kind of the default. There are all these defaults in the modern world that work against us. But if we change a few of those defaults, it's actually so out of sync today that you can pretty easily get back into a better state. Mm. So a lot of the things in the book mm. are about making really small shifts that have an outsized impact because you change the default and then all of a sudden we're kind of changing the game and getting back to what makes sense for our bodies. This Elizabeth is making me think of your ongoing treadmill <sighs> desk demerit. Um, <laughs> yes. Elizabeth, Elizabeth was faithful on her treadmill desk for years, but a combination of circumstances have gotten her off and she's really working on all the different strategies to get back on. Well, Elizabeth, I'm curious because I know you're an obliger. I've been thinking a lot about the four mm-hmm. tendencies lately Good. because I want to be prepared. As one know. does. Yes, yes, as one does. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what motivates you? With the treadmill desk, what would be uh, the motivation? See, this is so it? questioner because you're like, go to clarity. <laughs> and that, yeah, interesting. I mean, that is the question. I... I have many reasons as an obliger why I could say that I feel obliged to do it, but I guess I must be an obliger rebellion, which Gretchen talks about, because <laughs> yeah. none of them are working. It's like a question of everything you talk about is so good, but it's hard when it's like right now I'm running a show. It's just, you know, incredibly intense and stressful. And it's like, yeah. how do you maintain these things when it's like the pressure comes down and that's when you kind of fall apart and eat Skittles and don't exercise, which of course is the worst time. Right. Well, in make time, one of the things that we've tried to do, because my co-author John and I are designers and we've been designing products. Like I worked on Gmail for a long time. John worked on YouTube and we sort of know how hard it is to enable people to do the things that they want to do, to use a product or to use an idea that's in a book. It's, It's hard. And so... I don't think of it as a lot of things that, you know, you have to do in in the book, but one framing that maybe is useful, I don't know if it's useful to an obliger, but you can tell me what you think, is the idea that if if at the beginning of the day when you set your highlight, if you start off at the day morning and you say, mm-hmm. what would be the thing I'll look back on that I'll be most satisfied or most happy about? And if that thing, it might be doing something for someone else, you know, later in the day. But if you, for me at least, if I see everything that I'm doing to take care of myself maybe in the earlier in the day, in the morning, throughout the day as being mm. in service of that highlight. Mm. Like I'll do a better job for mm. that other person. So if my highlight is spending time with my kids when they come home from school, I'll want to have energy for them. So I'll know that uh, actually by exercising, if I don't feel like it, it's going to make me do a better job for them later. And I'm probably a questioner leaning upholder. So I really... I do kind of feel those outside expectations. And sometimes that for me is the the trigger that helps. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the idea of having a highlight of your day. And yeah. every day should have a highlight. It yeah. should have something you're looking forward to. And I like the idea of imagining yourself looking back at the highlight of the day. I think that's really cool. And kind of giving it protection, like making sure yeah. that it's happening under optimal circumstances instead of getting shoved aside or overlooked. Um, Another thing, uh, Jake, I'm really interested in like how this weird 
connection between outer order and inner calm and how like you'd think, well, you've got your desk is messy, but why would that keep you from working on your PhD thesis or whatever? Yeah. But people always say outer order contributes to inner calm and I have a book coming out in March about that. What have you observed about how people can use their outer environment to help them kind of make time and increase focus? One thing that this is a really geeky, dorky thing that I do is to have an outer visible thing that shows me that time is elapsing. And Ooh. that's a big one for <gasps> Interesting. me. Interesting. So, kind of a memento mori yeah, for each day. Yeah, if you saw my desk, you, I mean, it looks, it's covered with clocks. And I have mm. these these things, there's this thing called a time timer. And, and in fact, you may have seen one, if you have a kid in school, you may have seen one because they're in classrooms quite often. They are designed, the, the thing originally was for kids. It's a kind of a timer where it has a, a dial, so you can imagine like almost like a pie chart of the elapsed time, and you pull this little pie chart thing out, and then the disc kind of slowly disappears as uh-huh. time elapses. So you can see time going by. And for me, the concept of, I got to, uh, you know, I want to focus on this thing, it's important to me, is, uh, it's abstract. But when I see it, Ah. When I see the outside representation of time passing, then it creates this appreciation for the moment that's very effective for my. So, do you designate like a certain slice of pie to like now I'm going to answer emails and that time runs down, or it's more like you use it as an absolute clock for your day? I'm often trying to find a way to have like a 60 to 90 minute block of time where I'm focused on something so Mm -hmm. I can really do a good job. And when when we talk about a highlight, that's kind of what we're talking about, that like 60 to 90 minutes. Because then you can, it's more than just a task, like you're really going to dig in and do something meaningful mm-hmm. that might be a memory that you'd have at the end of the day. And so for me with the timer, it's like, okay, I want to see what 60 to 90 minutes looks like. And I want to know that it's passing by. So I kind of lock in. Now, and how about your view about caffeine? Because I was, I was interested oh, yeah. that you could a whole, speaking of the body, in brief, like what's your view yes. on the proper use of caffeine? Well, the thing to know about caffeine is, and we all know this, but it has a huge effect on our energy. Yeah. It's a huge, and we're almost all of us are drinking it. So here's this powerful lever if you want to have better control of your energy and your sleep. But I've, for most of my life, just been doing it on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And so if you tune a little bit, and I'll, I'll share a couple of tactics from the book about it. If you tune your caffeine consumption a little bit, you can have an outsized influence on your maintaining sort of a level energy mm. throughout the day. One of the techniques that was surprising to me is waiting to have that first cup of coffee mm. until a little bit later in the morning. So when we wake up, there's a natural sort of lift that we'll get from cortisol. So naturally mm. in the morning, the body wants to wake itself up. And so it releases cortisol and that wakes us up. If you have a coffee in the morning, you're not getting anything from you're the cortisol. You're just doubling down. Yeah, you're just doubling down. And, you'll, and so you will get the expectation the next morning from your body that you're going to have that caffeine. Mm. So it'll make yourself groggy and grumpy the next morning, but you're not actually doing anything that the cortisol wouldn't do already. So if you can wait till 930 to have the first cup of Mm. coffee. Like how much much after waking? You have to kind of figure out what your body's daily cycle is. So regardless of when you wake up, there's going to be a time when your body starts to kind of want to be awake. But yeah, just waiting a little bit. I would say, mm. give you know, just experiment with waiting an hour or two after you wake up to have coffee. And this is something you won't feel great about maybe the first couple of days <laughs> as you get used to the Clearly not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing is figuring out when the last call for you is for caffeine. And this is something that mm, yeah. a friend who's a doctor said that the number one thing she hears from people is a trouble sleeping. And yeah. when she says, when is the last time you have caffeine in the day, people say 
well, it, it's not that. And she says, mm. nobody thinks it's that, but mm. it's almost always that because caffeine oh, stays wow. in our system for so long. So, so yeah, it's just also if you have any trouble falling asleep, one of the easiest things to do is to just have a last call for yourself and just gently nudging it back a little earlier. Wow. My in-laws, both of them can drink like espresso after dinner. Some people, it's, It yes. is crazy. So it yeah. is, Same I think you really body. have to find your Abs- own. Yeah. Your own. Yeah. And part of the spirit of make time is, you know, t- treating every day as an experiment. Right. And when it doesn't go well saying, ah, oh, well, you know, maybe I learned something right. and starting over again the next day. And yeah, there's so many things that are particular to our bodies. So a lot of it is learning what's right yeah. for you. So yeah. everybody's system will look different, but waiting a little bit longer and stopping a little bit sooner <laughs> in general could be good. Could be good. So talking to the, about the four tendencies for a minute, and if you don't know what your tendency is at this point, take the quiz at quiz.gretchenrubin.com. Mm-hmm. So you said you're a questioner. Yeah. And yeah. did that resonate with you? Oh, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. I think, as I said, I think maybe I lean a little upholder because mm-hmm. I probably try to be more agreeable than the straight down the middle questioner. Mm, that, it doesn't have describe. to do with agreeableness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, will you drive the speed limit? Cause you're like, I get why everybody needs to, even though it's arbitrary, right. I get why people yeah, need right, to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And this book is a reflection of that. No, that it is. Of questioning, no, no, sure. Well, it's totally, it's all about efficiency and customization. Yeah. And those are two core values. Yeah. Quite, I mean, it's, I would have guessed that you're a questioner <laughs> just from the books that you write because well, <laughs> it's all about how do we optimize processes? How yeah. do we bring information to bear? Which is exactly what you describe in The Four Tendencies. And I you know, I think that one of the big themes that we talk about in Make Time is this idea of defaults. So yes. the things that exist in our society, the things that exist in our work culture, the things that exist in even in our devices, the default settings yeah, on our phones and computers. Sure. And those defaults are the kinds of outer expectations that, of course, a questioner questions. Yeah. And so um, what I'm kind of hoping to do with this book is to give people an idea of some new defaults that hopefully will even appeal to and, you know, maybe maybe an obliger or an upholder can say, oh, maybe I'll try Jake's outer expectations instead right. of the ones that are already on my phone. Right. Growing up, do people tell you that you asked too many questions? Or do they tell you that now? You know, no. That's ah. and that's the part where I I labeled that agreeableness. I don't like I I enjoy talking to people. I don't like being in a situation where ah. I'm antagonizing somebody. Well, see, this is the thing: being a questioner doesn't yeah. mean yeah. That you're so, either so agreeable maybe, or yeah. disagreeable. Yeah. So maybe you're but, just a very I, agreeable may- questioner. Whereas my <laughs> husband is a less agreeable questioner. <laughs> no, that's an interesting point, right? That's a good way to think about how uh, your tendency operates in combination with other unrelated characteristics that come into play. Interesting. So, Jake, we always ask our guests for a try this at home. Do you have uh, one or two to share with us today? Yeah, the whole book is a giant bat. Yes. What are some, what are some highlights? <laughs> highlights. It, it really is. Well, one of them that's very much about the body, and it's, I think, a fairly simple one, but already the book just came out, and already I'm hearing a lot of people talk about oh, this one. Good. So it's, mm. it's maybe an interesting one. And I call it the dark chocolate plan. I made a rule for myself that I can have dessert anytime, but it has to be dark chocolate. And if it's dark chocolate, then the result on my energy is going to be much better. It has a lot less sugar in it. It takes less of it to make me feel like I had a treat. And so that rule kind of has saved me from 
millions of sugar crashes mm. uh, over the last 15 or 20 years. Uh, and what I like about that is it's not always going to be available. So right. occasionally dark chocolate is available, but it's right. not going to be there three meals a day. So it, it's a natural way to keep yourself from having dessert all the time. There's a little scarcity involved, which helps mm-hmm. out a bunch. <laughs> That's great. So a try this at home that is not in the book is kind of weird, but I recently got into slippers. Uh, mm. You know, wearing slippers. I love slippers. Slippers oh. are great. And I bought a pair of slippers online for about $12. They're very soft. And I started traveling with them. So I, I put them in my carry-on bag if I'm going on an airplane. I take them with me if I'm going to visit an office somewhere. I'm not wearing them right now because we, we're on a schedule with the podcast. But most of the time, if I'm indoors now, if I'm traveling, I'm, I'll put the slippers on. And it's, I feel like I'm always like just very luxurious, very, mm. uh, very comfortable. Mm. It actually gives me more energy throughout mm. the day because my feet and my body feels better. Mm. So, and I always figure if I'm somewhere and, you know, I, I need to bring something home, I don't have room for the slippers. They were only $11 if I lost them or, right. you know, it would be all right. But bring your own slippers. But I mean, you wear them to like an office visit? Sure. Once I get in the office and, you know, it's not the first thing I do. I don't want to creep people out yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. but uh-huh. once I feel the moment is right, I'll slip off the shoes and put on slippers. And do you not like wearing shoes? Are you one of the people who doesn't like to wear shoes? No, I like shoes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just that slippers are better. So they feel yeah. more luxurious and they, they feel just luxu- like yes. feel a treat. Like a, oh, that's it's a, a treat. It's a treat. That's a great yes. idea. Yeah. It's like you're always in first class wherever yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> you know what, Jake? I keep slippers in my office and I will put on my slippers and I actually think it makes people feel a little more relaxed yes because it's like yes. hey we're all you know absolutely can be comfortable here we can wear our slippers and you can still have on like a professional outfit but then you put on your slippers everyone knows oh this is just something you've done to keep your feet cozy um you still look like a professional <laughs> It's, it's outer order and inner calm. Yeah. I mean, you're sending people a signal that the, the expectation is relaxation. And, you know, yeah. people pick it up for sure. I am just cracking myself up with all these images of people with the various outfits and various slipper combinations. I'm not sure it's the most professional look. But I can see that there's lots of advantages. And I think sometimes doing something a little bit silly just lightens, like you say, it, it lightens the mood and it makes you feel yeah. good. You're yeah. like, hey, I'm just going to like... Let my idiosyncratic side emerge and put on the slippers. I hope that it spreads. I would envision a future where we're all wearing slippers all whenever right. we're indoors. I mean, they do it in other cultures. They do. And it would be perfectly appropriate in a business setting. That's why not? Why not everywhere? Excellent. Well, Jake, thanks so much for coming in. Congratulations on the book. And this is you've given us so many good ideas of things to try. Yes. Well, an absolute pleasure to be on the show and wonderful to speak to you, too. Thank you. Thanks, Jake. Coming up, we've got a body-related happiness to merit and gold star. But first, this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's time for demerits and gold stars. And Alyssa, this is an even-numbered episode, which means that it's your turn to give a demerit. Yes. Well, Gretchen, since we're talking about the body today, I have to give an update on my ongoing saga slash happiness demerit of the (laughs) treadmill desk. The latest installment, what is going on with the treadmill desk? Okay. Well, Gretchen, remember everyone suggested I buy slip-on sneakers? Yes. Which I did. Now, the key to me, a lot of people are suggesting slip-on sneakers that just don't have laces. But the key to me is that they not have a back. It's the back that I find to be a barrier to entry. Okay. So I got the same ones mom has, New Balance. Yeah. And they arrived, and they were too big. Oh. So they fit Sarah, though, perfectly, so she bought them off me. Oh, well, that's good. But I said, okay, I need to order, you know, the size smaller, and I have not done it. So Sarah has the sneakers, but I do not. Okay. So... I am still struggling with the treadmill desk. I also will say I got a really bad cold and that yeah. also has inhibited me, but I really can't blame it on that because I haven't had a cold the last four months and I haven't been on it. Okay, so I'm going to give you some accountability and say that by the end of the day today, you should have ordered the shoes. Okay, fair enough. That seems manageable. But okay, I I'll wanna... text you by six yes. o'clock. Okay, good. Time. Yeah, Pacific time. <laughs> that gives you extra three hours. But I want to give you a gold star, too, for this ongoing demerit, because even though it is an ongoing demerit, I think it's a great example of how sometimes you just kind of have to be persistent. And you're slowly working. You're identifying one problem after another. You're tackling it. Part of it is you just need to make up your mind that you've got the time and the energy to do it. But a lot of it is like, can you make circumstances easier? And you are really sticking with it. And I think sometimes when something requires a lot of persistence, it feels easier and almost like less deflating to just kind of let the treadmill desk get dusty and don't ever think about it. And you're staying engaged in it, which makes you probably feel like guilty and like kind of annoyed with yourself. And that's a bad feeling, but it's keeping you engaged. And eventually I feel confident you're going to get back on the treadmill desk. You did it for a long time and it was great for you. You just need to get back in there. So give you a gold star for your persistence. You're not just wait. It's not just like a hand wave. Like I can't do this right now. You're staying in it. thank you, Gretchen. You're staying in it, you know, and you'll get there. Thank you. You know? All right. Well, I will keep you posted, as always. (laughs) By six today. Uh, (laughs) What is your body-related gold star today? Well, speaking of procrastination, okay, my gold star goes to myself as compared to last year, because this year I got a flu vaccine right away. And last year, Mm. I just kept delaying and delaying, like oh, it'd be more convenient to do it at this other time. Or like, I'll do it then, and that'll be super convenient. And just the months went by, and I never got it. Ridiculous. And so this year, I was like, why am I going to waste all this mental space and noise? I'm just going to, you know, without delay is the easiest way. And I just up and went and got the flu vaccine. So now I feel incredibly smug. 
And I'm so glad I did it. Yes. So lesson from last year. I probably gave myself a demerit for it last year. Learned the lesson of the demerit. Now it's a gold star. I got the I got the vaccine. And Gretchen, I have to point out, it'll be a happiness booster for months to come because every time someone brings up the yes. subject of flu <laughs> vaccines, which will, of course, happen at least twice a week, yeah. you can feel good about yourself yes. that you have gotten the flu vaccine. Yes. So yeah. it's just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Exactly. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Think about your body. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you and in what way did you think about your body. Thank you to our producer, Cameron Drews. Also, thanks to Kristen Meinzer and Andy Bowers of Panoply. Thank you to our terrific guest, Jake Knapp. Check out his new book, Make Time, How to Focus on What Matters Every Day. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, you know what I'm going to say. Please be sure to tell a friend. Word of mouth is so persuasive. Tell a friend and subscribe to us however you listen to your podcast. The resources for this week. Um, last month, I did a giveaway for my book, The Happiness Project, to my Instagram followers um, with four signed copies, one for you and for three friends. And I'm going to do it again. It starts October 10th. And all you have to do is follow me at Gretchen Rubin and comment to tag three friends who you'd give the extra copies to. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see the post about it. And this is going for a week, and I will choose the winner on 1019. And I also wanted to remind you that the Four Tendencies course is now available. You can enroll at any time. If you want to learn more about your tendency or somebody else's tendency, it's at courses.gretchenrubin.com. So check it out. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, the conversation about the wearing of slippers is I kept visualizing you with your carrot slippers that you wear every Christmas, the giant carrot slippers that are your signature <laughs> slipper. I love my carrot slippers. Well, I keep those in Kansas City, so I don't have them in my office. I just picture that you I got your... in Nantucket circa 87. Um, no, these, my slippers in the office are just Ugg slippers. I'll, 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 I'll post a picture of them. You can see them.